Welkom bij de podcast van Arginet. In deze podcast luister je naar één van de genomineerde essays voor de Simon-Marie Pruisprijs voor designkritiek en de Geert Beka-prijs voor architectuurkritiek. Beide zijn een initiatief van designplatform Rotterdam en Arginet. Het essay wordt voorgelezen door de auteur tijdens het Pruis-Beka-event in Tent Rotterdam op 16 november 2019. De Voxpop-prijs 2019 ging naar Florian Kramer voor zijn essay Welcome to the Crapularity, Design as a Problem. De tekst is een prikkelend pleidooi voor het ontwerpen van problemen in plaats van oplossingen. Al dus de jury. And I think if you know there's a pitfall of almost every discipline, it doesn't matter whether it's comparative literature or design, and it's namely that you only view the world from your own perspective. Yeah? So the pitfall of design really is to consider every problem in the world a design problem. So I suggest that instead of asking what design can do, we also need to ask what design cannot do, and where, even it, uh, where it becomes a problem rather than a solution. Because more than ever before, I think uh, design has become interventions yeah, into public and private, human and non-human spheres. Um, And that happened ever since design ceased to restrict itself to products and services. It has, I think, taken up much bigger ambitions, namely, lately, ambitions of reinventing the world itself. Uh, and that, in the past, was actually the domain of radical art and political movements. Yeah? So there even has been historical intersections between the radical art and political movements, for example, artist commune experiments, the most radical and notorious perhaps is the Automue commune uh, that had grown out of um, Vienna actionism in the 1970s and 1980s, which um, translated transgressive body and performance art into new ways of living together, but gradually deteriorated from a free love, free sex experiment to quasi-fascism and uh, systematic child abuse, which is why uh, it was ultimately shut down by the police and embodied, I think, the ultimate dreams and horrors of interventionist art. Um, and um, next to that, uh, you could also maybe mention the Manson family. Uh, you have maybe seen the Tarantino film. Um, the Children of God, uh, the Bhagwan Rheinisch movement, And also their reenactment in a number of exploitation and splatter films. Uh, just, uh, I'm a fan. Uh, Fernando Di Leo, um, Love Camp by Christian Anders, and also The Idiots by, by Lars von Trier, I think, are a really good um, reenactment of that. And all of these examples could be considered radical precursors of social design. Yeah? Um, and um, to just name one example, in the Otto Mühl commune, uh, already in the early 1980s, you had a computer generated so called fuck list. Uh, which was used, uh, a generator that was uh, used in order to make sure that none of the commune members would have repeated sex with the same person in order to prevent the emergence of traditional family structures within the commune. <laughs> so, um, social design, right? So, um, but what happened after, after Mühl is that um, actually, because this, I mean, if you look into the commune, it's, it's actually a very violent and a very traumatic history. Uh, you can say that maybe contemporary art largely gave up on revolutionizing everyday life. And that job was taken up by design, although generally in more toned down and more reformist ways. So the design took up tasks and, and, uh, because it embraced processes rather than products. And Alice has 
explained uh, the history of that. Um, but I think still when in, in this transition of, of design, uh, it did not really free design from commodity fetishism. And my colleague and collaborator Anja Groten has uh, written a paper on this where she writes on the so-called workshopization of design. And, and she, in, in this paper I think she shows quite impressively how processes can just become another product another thing, how she names it, and how this thing can be, become fetishized. And when things become fetishes, uh, fetishes in the digital age, they contribute what the British technology anthropologist uh, Justin Picard called in 2011 the so-called crapularity. And uh, let me get another device to continue reading. Um, um, so... Um, how does he, um, Picard define the crapularity? He says, it's if you combine 3D printing, printing plus spam plus micropayment, you get tribbles that you get billed for um, as it replicates widely out of control. 90% of everything is rubbish and it's all in your spare room or somebody else's spare room which you're forced to rent through Airbnb. Um, <laughs> It's almost 10 years old. I think it's very visionary. And I think the crapularity can be read as an, uh, um, this, this definition of the crapularity for the digital age can be read as an update of a pre-digital phenomenon that was first described in 1996 by Walter Becker, the guitarist of the band Steely Dan. And he called it gas or the guitar acquisition syndrome. Um, and he, he wrote that in a, in a paper for musicians. And he, I quote from it, all horizontal surfaces are covered by guitars. Acoustics, electrics, lap steels, old ones, new ones, weird little ukulele uh, things with no proper names. And mind you, this room full of strings and frets are the only ones uh, that he has sitting around the house and almost never uses at the gig. So uh, later, this acronym gay, GAS, and maybe some people of you are familiar with it, uh, it's a common internet slang acronym, became more broadly understood as gear acquisition syndrome, and I'm a victim of that. Um, referring to the obsessive collection and accumulation of all kinds of things and gadgets, such as work tools, photographic and astronomic equipments, or portable uh, computational devices. What Gas ultimately describes the collapse of impulse control and addicted consumption and has even become a subject of academic psychological research uh, for that. So you could say gas is a textbook example of commodity fetishism as, had be, uh, as it has been defined by Marx for the industrial age. But the crapularity I think describes a 21st century post-apocalyptic condition caused by newer types of products along with newer types of services and newer types of design. Media design such as 3D printing and spam in Picard's example, service design, micropayments, rents, um, architecture, Social design, such as the sharing economy of Airbnb, which actually was begun by a group of uh, designers as a social design uh, uh, project. Few people know that. And um, let me get my next gadget. Okay, that's an e-reader. So, um, oh, and I actually do have, I see that I have the, the wrong document on this. Uh, so I'm, I'm encountering the, the crapularity myself. So... Um, what you could say that in, in the crapularity, design becomes the cause of problems, and not only the cause of problems, but the cause of wicked problems. Uh, and 
Again, I could uh, um, uh, quote the filmmaker Lars von Trier. One of his early, earliest films from 1987 was called Epidemic and tells, tells the story of a plague doctor who at the end of the film realizes that he is actually the cause of the plague. Um, and um, this, you know, uh, if, if that happens, if design actually becomes the cause of wicked problems, uh, then this sharply contradicts the commonly held belief of uh, design as a way of tackling those problems. Now, I find the term wicked problems really interesting because it, it, its use is so inflated, but if you read the actual paper in which it was coined, it's a very good paper, written by the design theorist Horst Rittel and the urbanist Melvin Weber in 1973. And defined, among others, by the criteria of a lack of definite, definite formulation, lack of a stopping rule, and the fact that each wicked problem can be, quote, considered to be a symptom of another problem. Now, uh, gas, gear acquisition sy syndrome, might still have a definite formulation and a simple stopping rule, namely stopping to acquire more gear. Um, but the crepidularity, I think, amounts to a more complex, nonlinear, and indeed wicked problem, mostly because uh, of its far-reaching involvement of non-human actors. Uh, and I need to switch gear. Um. So. Um, in an application of the contemporary philosophy of object-oriented ontology to design, the design theoretician Ian Bogost created so-called Latour litanies, as he called them. They were computer-generated lists of both human and non-human things, and made up of words that an algorithm randomly picked from titles of Wikipedia articles. And I'll just quote one, uh, one uh, example. You can still generate them live on Ian Bogost's websites. Um, emergency medical services in Iceland, Oklahoma State Highway 71, Prince Masahito, Virginia Gay, uh, 28th Test and Evaluation Squadron, 1991 Tokyo Indoor, Occidentarius Platidogon. So these litanies were meant as tools for imagining a world where human and non-human entities are equal, huh? as registers of humans and things. But they can also be read as crapularity lists of things that can replicate out of control, as Picard puts it, in your spare room. Uh, in the crapularity, design can no longer be abstracted from production and no longer be used to add imaginary surplus value to crapular things. Apple, for example, still advertises its products under the Western, I would say, platonic paradigm of being designed in California while not uh, advertising their manufacturing in, in uh, China's Shenzhen uh, special economic zone. But in the age of gas, gear acquisition syndrome, and the crapularity, these manufacturing zones strike back. And I actually forgot to bring one, one gadget, uh, which is, is a little um, a piece of, of video uh, lightning by uh, the Chinese company Aperture, which says um, designed in Shenzhen uh, uh, on it. And you really see it's a riff on the, on the Apple uh, uh, typography. Um, uh, and it says, designed in, by Aperture in Shenzhen and assembled in China. Okay, oh, let me get another one out of the pocket. <laughs> um, hopefully it will work. Okay, I need to unlock it. Oh, wrong pin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Getting there. Yes, both types of design production, apples and apertures, end up in various crapular economic feedback loops. Yeah? These feedback loops, loops include 
gas consumption, bottom-up globalization, such as the multi-story specialized um, electronic shopping uh, centers, shopping malls that you find in cities such as uh, Shenzhen and Guangzhou, um, where they serve, among others, um, whole communities of traders from African countries who export the goods to their home countries. Uh, the global economy of AliExpress consumption. You know, I guess there might be some customers here in this room. Um, the links to human, non-human zombie armies of shadow banking, uh, uh, fintechs, and cryptocurrency mining, resulting in whole batteries of mutually interwoven, I think, meta and super wicked problems from financial system bubbles to post-democratic politics and environmental collapse. And all these symptoms, I think, make the crapularity a present-day reality, not just a piece of futurology as which Picard wrote this uh, coinage in 2011. Therefore, um, to quote, um, I, I quote uh, uh, Slavo Žižek here, who wrote um, uh, in 2010 uh, of, about living um, in apocalyptic times of ecological breakdown, the biogenetic reduction of humans to manipulable machines, and the total digital control of our lives, but I think we already passed that. And uh, here I can, can quote um, the poet, musician, uh, Afrofuturist, and I should also say friend of mine, uh, Moore Mother, uh, um, Camille Aria, who said, sums it up as follows, she says, the end of the world has already happened and it's okay, uh, it didn't uh, look like uh, what they said, but we did it. What, uh, what the fuck are we going to do now? Um, for designers, I think it could mean that they acknowledge and embrace the design of wicked problems rather than thinking of design as their solution. Thanks for listening. Deze podcast werd gemaakt door Inge Jonsen in opdracht van Archinet.nl. De community-based website over architectuur en meer. De podcast werd mede mogelijk gemaakt door het nieuwe instituut. Het instituut voor debat over en onderzoek naar architectuur, design en digitale cultuur. Op de hoogte blijven kan via de nieuwsbrief op www.hetnieuweinstituut.nl slash nieuwsbrief.